Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Live from Orlando, Florida, you're listening to the Orlando Magic HQ Podcast. The voice of Magic fans. Join us every week for a unique fan perspective on all of the latest magic news and updates. The show starts now. What's up, Magic fans? Welcome back to another episode of the Orlando Magic HQ Podcast brought to you by DraftKings and part of the Basketball Podcast Network. We're your hosts, Al, myself, Anthony. Today is March 31st, and um, man, dude, it's been two weeks since we had an episode. Like, what, what is going on? It's been a minute, man. I think it's the longest we've gone without recording in what since the off season. I think it feels it feels like longer, man. I'll, I'll be honest with you. It feels like it's been a month and a half. I struggled <laughs> connecting all the cords back. Um, <laughs> if if we're being a hundred percent honest, none of this was my fault. I blame Al a hundred percent. The the first week that we missed, it was because um, you know the Dominican Republic lost to the the Puerto Rican team in baseball, and you know this somebody guy. was a little butt hurt. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, the the following week, you're on vacation. You decided to travel to the Dominican Republic, right? No, no. So that was actually a cruise with my in-laws. Uh, oh, cruise, that's right. That's we right. did Bahamas. We did the, Belize. The same in-laws that that doesn't like Mo Bamba. Exactly. There you go. There you that's go. that's it. That's so you know, I her know. saying that to me last year, I I couldn't say no when she invited me to a cruise to celebrate their anniversary. I'm like, I'm gonna miss the podcast, but man, you were right about Mo Bamba, so I I gotta do this. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. But man, we we've missed I feel like we've missed a lot of things. Like we we got a lot of stuff to kind of catch up on and we and do. discuss. We're we're heading towards the very very end of the season. Um and I I feel like we're on the verge of a of a magic civil war. Like uh, the fan base, you got half that's all about like, you know, win as many games as possible. I don't care if we don't make the play in like you know, let's keep that momentum. And then you got the other half that's kind of like, dude, man, this this is we need to start sending out frauds. We need to start sending out, you know, whoever and you know, put ourselves in a in a better position, you know, for the NBA draft. Like even even Franz Wagner, you know, got semi hurt, you know, during the game and you know, we was questionable for, for the next game. And my man still like Iron Man, you know, is is playing, yeah, hurt you know, mid game and, you know, he disappears and then he's back on the floor. So um, if there's, if there's one thing that I can honestly say about, about this team that I appreciate um, is the fact that there, there's no shenanigans right now, bro. Like they're, they're out there trying to win games and they don't, they don't care. Like if we're not, if we're not going to get in there, then we're going to be disruptors. And, you know, this team is, is sitting at 32 and 44, 13th in, in, the user conference and we're over 10 games plus 10 games from last year. And that is a hell of an achievement. Um, no matter your feelings about, you know, coach Mo's bravo to you, sir, no matter your feelings on, on, you know, kind of how the, how this year has unraveled from, 
injuries in the beginning of the season, not having a point guard, uh, finally getting Markel Fultz back from a toe injury that he stubbed during the offseason, um, from Jalen Suggs not really playing great basketball to Jonathan Isaac being out for as long as he was and then finally coming back and then getting re-injured and missing him. Like, if there's one thing that you can say about the season is that it was, dude, it was a roller coaster. Like, there's a lot of highs. There's a lot of lows. And for us to be at a position where we're saying legit, we've won 32 games. You know, it's 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 great because the beginning of the season was tough, and for us to still be able to kind of finish it out, I, I think it's great. So in in today's episode, we are going to break out break down some some of the the high notes that we haven't been able to discuss. the The whole rookie of the year race right now, I can't believe that this is even a topic. I don't I don't understand why this is a debate. Um, I, it's it's really the writers that are out there that are creating this narrative because all these you know sports commentators they they'll say yeah you know there's there's improvements from you know this this dude in in OKC but it's you know Paolo's still the the clear front runner um, but we'll we'll talk more about that in a little bit and then we'll we'll get some updates on some of the other rumblings that we've been hearing um, but other than that bro talk to me you know we we've we've uh, just kind of speak on, on the maintenance a little bit. Um, you know, we, we were fortunate enough to be able to have uh, Michael Carter Williams uh, interview with, with our writer, Luke, which um, is a fantastic article, but man, yeah, if we can, if we can touch base on that a little bit before we move forward, that'd be great. Yeah. So I think, I mean, if you haven't seen it yet, if you follow us on Instagram, Twitter, any of our social media accounts, you've probably seen it already. But a great, great job by Luke, uh, who got set down uh, via soon with Michael Carter Williams. And if you guys remember, a couple of years back, we had him on the podcast. So he's been amazing with us uh, from day one. Uh, so this time was a little bit different. It was more about finding out, hey, where have you been? What's been going on? How are you doing health-wise? And, and just catch up on his, where he's been with the Magic and where he thinks he's headed. Uh, but the key takeaway, as the title says it, Orlando is his home going forward. So we've heard that from Terrence Ross. We've heard that now from MCW. So again, a trend of players that come to Orlando and want to stay in Orlando. Um, if you have a moment and you have some time, head over to OrlandoMagicHQ.com. Please read the article because, again, Luke did a hell of a job. We're actually going to have him next week on the podcast talking a little bit more about the, the, the background, how that happened, what else he found out that maybe he didn't put out there on the article uh, but a great, great piece. Uh, thank you for all the fans that have read it, that have commented, replied, liked it, retweeted it. Um, again, an amazing job. I'm glad that it's it's kind of the momentum that it has because, again, a lot of work went into it, not only to make it happen, but to actually create the the piece of art that, that Luke came up with. So, um, again, check it out. And, again, Luke, I know you're listening to this. Big shout-outs to you for the amazing job that you did. Yeah, man. Shout-out to Luke. Shout out to Michael Carter. Shout out to everyone that has, um, you know, uh, took the time to to read that article um, and give us your feedback, man. We we definitely appreciate every single one of you. Um, on that note, man, let's let's transition. So earlier today, um, I, I posted out a tweet that I thought was, um, you know, I, it it was it was interesting to to hear the feedback, you know, from the fan base where I asked um, that they. they there's a meme photo from you know the movie Tangled that Kevin Durant utilized as his default picture for a really really long time. Um, in essence, is is the the main dude having a whole bunch of swords pointing at him, and the the whole idea behind this meme is really finding out like what is your hottest take 
of the Orlando Magic that would put you in a position where people are taking out their swords ready to attack you, right? And, uh, man, people were vocal. And I, I've seen some really wild hot takes, some some really wild. And I'm going to read off a few, some of the few that kind of stood out to me. We can kind of discuss one or two here or there. But um, real quick, man, you're, you, what what is your hottest take? When it comes to, to the Orlando Magic, again, man, there, there's this is one of those things where, as sports fans, people are passionate. And when people are passionate, people have those really strong, strong ideas that, you know, they're not willing to to get off that that island. Um, they're going to stick on that island. And not many people would agree with those said topics. But what would be your, your biggest hot take when it comes to this team? So I, I had two that I was debating about posting. The, the one that I did post, and I basically quote tweeted uh, that tweet, and I said, Markel Fultz is the point guard. Of the future of the Orlando Magic. That was my hot take. I know some people say when he's shooting and Markel is everything but a shooter. I don't care, man. The dude that the way this kid runs the offense, in my opinion, is the closest thing to like a Chris Paul type of point guard. Yeah, his three-point shooting has never been amazing for Chris Paul, but the mid-range is deadly. He organizes the floor so well, and he's truly the definition of a playmaker. And I think that Markel is definitely that. Um, three-point shooting is getting better. So in my opinion, I'm gonna ride that. And that's my hot take. My other one was, which I was a little bit on the fence about, like, do I post this or the Markel one? It was, we don't need a second or first start, like like a star player. Like, you know, we're thinking about Luca, like whoever it may be. It like was, it. Paolo and Franz are here, build around them. That was basically my second one, which I'm sharing with you guys here. I didn't put it out there publicly. What about you? What you got? I mean, do, would you consider those really hot takes? I, I agree with both of them, and it might just be because we we talk about Orlando Magic basketball way more often than we should. So we, we're 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 on the most part about eighty percent of the things that we discuss. We we pretty much agree on. But Markel Fultz, man, I don't understand why people are so like uh, not believing that he's he's the future. Like, doesn't matter who you draft in this draft. There there's there's it's not like they're we're point guard heavy in this draft anyways, but. You know, it doesn't matter who it is that you like. They're not going to take Markel's spot. Markel is way too advanced. He he is someone that has really blown up um, this season. He's shown that he is he is a baller. This whole uh, bust thing that that a lot of the Philadelphia 76ers fans were kind of throwing out there, you know, a couple seasons ago. That's all out the window. Like, no, nobody wants to see Markel Fultz. Markel Fultz is is clearly a difference maker for this team because the difference of the Orlando Magic with Markel and without Markel is drastic. We're a way better basketball team with Markel um you know on the floor running the point guard position and and let's be honest man before before Markel folds you know we're we're holding on to DJ Augustine as as our you know quarterback of this team man and and to kind of see where we're at why are people complaining about Markel folds? I get the shooting but the, here, here's the interesting thing about Markel Fultz, right? We know that he's not a great three-point shooter, but not one time have I ever heard, ever read anyone complain about his shooting. Like nobody's saying, oh my God, why did you take that shot? Oh, this dude needs to stop shooting. Like there's no negative comment. If anything, people are like, man, just shoot it. And you know the what it majority is? majority of the fan base, they're okay with him shooting that jump shot knowingly that he's not the greatest three-point shooter. You know what it is? He doesn't force it. You know, he's not going to drive in traffic and pull up from three with a guy in his face. Like, he's going to take a wide-open look. 
And if you look at the numbers, yeah, he's not taking a big number of threes per game, but he's making them, man. As long as he's close to a 30% mark, I'm okay with that. And guess what? That mid-range shot that he used to only make between 10 to 15 feet, he's now making that 15 to 20, 20 range. So I truly believe that one more summer of him being healthy, he can develop the three-point shot a bit better next year. I really believe that. So the only complaint is that it's the three-point shooting that we have with him. That's why I believe we got to add shooting to this team badly, not only through the draft, free agency, whichever way you can. Just get shooters because if you have Markel on the floor, maybe being a liability, find guys that are not liabilities from three-point range that can make him shine even more. Um, I, I don't see why you would want to move from him unless he gets hurt again, which God forbid that happens. I mean, that's the last thing we want to see. That's the only way I could see us maybe saying, all right, we got to move on. But other than that, I mean, the kid is what? what? How old is Markel right now? 23, 24 still? I think he's 25, if I'm not mistaken. I believe he's 25. Real quick, because I'm just like, again, he's way too young, man. So to be a kid that you say enough of him, he cannot develop, he cannot get better. He is, where am I, Markel? 24 years old. 24. There you go. So, I mean, too young still to give up. So, in my opinion, man, I don't see why you would want to move up from him. There's people that say, go after Van Fleet, go after a better shooter out there in the point guard position. I don't know, man. Those guys are not going to make us a contender next season, in my opinion. That's just the way I, I see it. But what about you? What, what is your hot take? My hot take, um, which which is probably I'm I'm the only one that that would be on this island. Nobody would agree with me. I don't even think you would you would agree with me. This is the other twenty percent that we would you know be different on. I'm excited, um, man. I I am I am still like till this day, and I don't I don't care what anybody feels or says. It, you want to tell me I'm wrong in my con in the comments? Feel free to do so. Um, but man, I'm still high. I, I, I would love to have Dwight Howard back. I personally would love to have Dwight Howard back on this team. I would, I would, this man right now is absolutely balling in Thailand, right? Not saying that has anything to do with NBA play, but if there's one thing that I've, I've noticed is man, he he's having fun playing basketball again and competition isn't, isn't the greatest I would imagine out there compared to his level, his stature. Um, but if there's if there's, you know, two things that I feel the magic, you know, really, really need to address has been rebounding, shooting, of course, but also rim uh, rim protection. Like, I, I really, really believe that, you know, Dwight could help in those circumstances. Like you're, you're talking about, you know, his last season, you know, with the Lakers uh, on 16.2 minutes a game, he averaged six, uh, six rebounds a game prior the prior year off of 17 minutes, 8.4 rebounds. So this is this is someone that would go out there and, you know, for a fact that he's not expecting to start. He's not expecting to be the guy. All we need him to do is be out there, be a big player, grab rebounds and protect the rim. And that's something that I think that, you know, he's he's able to do. I don't I don't even care if it's a third string. I don't care if he doesn't play at all, to be 100 percent honest with you. I would love for there to be some type of, you know, Cinderella storybook ending with the Orlando Magic and Dwight Howard at some point being in good standings, because when it when it comes down to it, in my opinion, He's one of the players that has done the absolute most for for this franchise, and it's it's good, it's bad, it's ugly, it's it's all the above. We all we all know that, and there you're gonna have people that still to this day they they hate him, and I'm at the point where I was that guy. I hated him for a while. I was hurt, 
Um, at the same time, I'm over it, man. I'm I'm wish him nothing but the best. One of my favorite, you know, moments as a Magic fan has has been, you know, during during those eras, and they were really really great times. I would love to see Dwight Howard in some capacity right now, today, in the future, whenever, for you know there to be some type of reconciliation. Because if the Magic were able to do it with Shaq, there's no reason why they can't do it with Dwight. Yeah, I mean, I would be okay with that. That's a third string center. I say that at the end of the locker room. That's really the only way. Uh, other than that, seeing the floor for the Magic. Let me ask you this, and we'll talk about him later in the episode. Goga or Dwight? Who you rather nah, have? I'll take, I'll take, the minimum? I'll take Dwight. Don't, no, I'll take <laughs> Dwight, man. I'm not. I'm not fully sold. Like, like I, I think Goga is great. I think he's young. I think there's potential. I think that. You know, it, it would it would give um it would force Mo Wagner to kind of be on his toes a little bit because there'll be mm-hmm. moments where we've already seen it where Mo is is taking the back seat and we're seeing more Goga. Like we we've seen it. Um I think from a from a character standpoint, um, if if you haven't already, there ah man, I can't think of the name, but Dwight Howard was on the TV show, reality TV show, um, where they they had to go through like um it was a celebrity military show whole bunch of different celebrities that you know every every episode they have to go through different trials and, and tribulations and and a whole bunch of stuff and you really get to see Dwight Howard in his you know mature personality that you know not not many people are able to see anymore I haven't seen in a long time and I think that if people took a time to to see him in a different perspective see him in a different light maybe they might be a little more open to to bringing him back not that that's something that he wants or needs to do um, but let's let's be honest, man. If there's one thing that we've learned, when players come to Orlando and they stay here for a little while, no matter what happens, man, they they always consider Orlando home, and that goes for yeah. MCW, that goes for Shaq, that goes for Dwight, that goes for whoever, man. They they Orlando and home somehow, you know, cements in the in these people's hearts and minds for for a lot of people. Listen, I don't think it's a. a, a a hot take. In my opinion, I think that a lot of people want to see him come to Orlando. You're not the only one. But if you are one of those, reply to us. Leave it in the comments. Let us know what you think about Dwight coming to Orlando at age 37. Let's see. Yeah. And then my my last one, since you added two, my last one is, man, Cole Anthony is a lot better than what people think. I don't think Cole Anthony is a six-man. Facts. That's my hot take. Nah, no one's going to agree with me there. Um, but the Orlando Magic, you know, PR, they they came out with a very interesting stat where they talked about how Cole Anthony has scored 682 points off the bench just this season. That would mm-hmm. put him fourth in the Eastern Conference and eighth in the NBA. You're talking about someone that is, you know, very, very close. We're, we're talking about most of uh, – we're talking about sixth man of the year, you know, caliber performances. The issue with Cole Anthony has always been – uh, you know, con- consistency. There's been a lot of ups, a lot of downs. There, there's moments where, you know, he's he's on fire. There's moments where he's kind of, you know, not not where we're used to seeing him. Um, when I say that he's not a six man, maybe not so much for you know the Orlando Magic because when it comes to Markel and Cole Anthony, you're still going to go with you know Markel. We know that Markel is a better facilitator. But let's let's be honest. We know that Markel Fultz um, is not the healthiest. We've had issues with him since he's been here. And if something were to happen, you know, I feel comfortable and confident with Cole Anthony stepping in, at least until Markel gets back. But 
man, who who knows? May, maybe there's another team out there that that would treat him and respect him as as a starting caliber. I mean, honestly, there there's moments where I'm I'm even you know hoping that you know we we see him start at the two guard, just because he he brings that that you know that that fire punch offensively, and Markel is big enough to where it, I, I believe it might work. I think what what I do like the most he's doing is he's playing the three guard rotation <laughs> where sometimes you see Cole Anthony, Jalen Suggs, and Markel out there or Gary Harris for that matter. And I think that works out really well. I think Cole Anthony is playing more than 30 minutes a night right now, even though he's coming off the bench. So I think no matter what, whether he's going to be a starter off the bench, he's still going to get plenty of minutes. And I think that's the way the Magic have convinced him to take on this role. It's like, hey, you are going to come off the bench, but you're going to play the same exact minutes as a, as a uh, starter in this league. And as long as that continues, I'm happy because that since the All-Star break, he's been extremely con uh, consistent. And I think that's what we need to see from Mark, uh, from Cole Anthony. If that can continue, dude, like you got to keep playing him. It's as simple as that. Yeah. Yep. Yep. But a lot of really, really interesting, interesting um, hot takes. Um, just to kind of read off of a few that I see on here, just for, um, just for laughs and giggles. Uh, we got Wendell is not our future center. We need a rim protector. Um, I got someone saying Cole Anthony should be a starter next to Fultz. <clears throat> got another guy saying it's time to bring back Dwight Howard. I see you, man. Is that you? Uh, <laughs> huh? No, no, no. It's not me. <laughs> I got someone else saying that Franz needs to not compete in international ball this summer and work on improving his game instead. He should be averaging closer to five rebounds and five assists right now. He's good, but things are but there are things that he could be better at. And what's really great about that one is that, in my opinion, that's not that's not too much of a hot take. I do believe that his international play has made him a better basketball player. But even recently, he stated that, you know, if there's one thing that he wants to improve on is his rebounding, which the whole team needs to improve on the rebounding. It's, yeah, it's, one, of our, it's one of our struggles. Um, someone else says, we need more time, but I think we're one piece away to be a solid contender, I'll trade everybody not named Paolo or Franz for JB, which I'm assuming that stands for Jalen Brown. Uh, we'll talk a little bit more about that in a few. Jonathan Isaac becomes a sought-after trade asset after playing a near-defensive player of the year level next year. Put Franz in a package for Jalen Brown as soon as possible. That's a, that's a super hot take. That's a, that's, a, that's a lonely island right there. And then we'll we'll read one more. Uh, Bobo's defense has improved a lot recently. If he improves consistently in that era, in that area, he can be an important factor for us. But he needs to, he needs playing time for that. So I'm surprised yeah. I didn't see more Bobo hot takes. I'll be honest with you. That was I know that was a surprise. I, I'm okay with giving him, giving him the summer to keep working and keep developing himself. First, I think healthy offseason in a while for him also. But man, he's got to improve big time on defense. He just does not compete on that side of the floor. Yeah, but man, I appreciate everyone that participated in that hot takes, man. If if you're listening to this podcast on YouTube, mm -hmm. make sure you put in the comments where you, where your hot takes are. I mean, we we would love to read those. Um, but man, summer of the week, we've been gone for two weeks. We've missed nine games. We didn't miss it. We we watched the games. We didn't miss it. We just haven't talked about it. But in that nine-game stretch, we're five and four record during that span. Um, the playing chances are kind of still there, barely, 
holding on to a thread with six games remaining. And we are four games back of the Chicago Bulls as of today. So, um, man, tell, tell me, talk to me. When it comes to, to this plan, are you for the Civil War side where the Magic should be winning as many games are, as possible? Are you on the flip side where, man, we should we should probably start focusing on, on the lottery? What's going on, Magic fans? The biggest tournament in college basketball is underway, and the action is just getting started on DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps. Right now, new customers can bet just $5 on any pregame money line bet and score $150 in bonus bets if your team wins. Plus, combine multiple bets for a shot at an even bigger payout. DraftKings will be featuring parlays and odd boost all tournament long, so be sure to check the DraftKings Sportsbook app every day to see what they have in store. All you have to do is download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and sign up with code TBPN. Right now, new customers can bet just $5 on any pregame money line bet and get $150 in bonus bets if your team wins. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code TBPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. So I will tell you, man, like, it's 50-50, right? But in my opinion, if the team is competing, Paolo said it himself, like, hey, you guys think we're tanking? And then Markel retweeted it. I'm on the same boat, man. Like, I want to see this team compete. Um, if the final outcome is that we lose the game, then so be it. But if they're playing hard, they, they're competing, they're, they're doing their best out there, they're winning games, I'm going to enjoy it, man. Like, I know they've won 32 games so far. My magic number, honestly, is 35. If some way, somehow they can manage to win 35 games, that would be a massive, massive improvement. Um, I personally don't think we're going to out-tank the Blazers in particular. They're just not even caring. They're not even trying anymore. They're just rolling out there, a bunch of dudes that nobody knows anymore. Um, so in my opinion, man, just enjoy the games. That's my that's my takeaway. Like Just enjoy the games, watch the games, and root for these guys. At the end of the day, we cannot control the lottery, unfortunately. I know guys out there want the Magic to tank into, you know, like you mentioned earlier, France has gotten hurt a couple of times. Just shut him down for the season. Cool. If that's your take, that's your mindset, I, I that's fine. But in my opinion, just watch the team, enjoy these last six games, and win as many as possible. That's my opinion. What about yours? Do I I think that 35 is is a very, very reachable number. When you take a look at the teams that we have coming up, we got uh, the Wizards that they are playing Friday night. We got Detroit followed by Cleveland, Cleveland again, Brooklyn, and then Miami. Um, the Wizards, I think, it's 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 hundred percent a must-win game. You know, the the Wizards were here in Orlando. Uh, Bradley Beal. I don't. I'm not sure if you saw the the news on that, but yep. uh, apparently he's being investigated by Orlando Police Department for allegedly knocking off some someone's hat that was complaining about you know missing uh i guess he didn't perform well enough to be able to you know hit on his gambling on his betting but um you know this this is this is a must win game against the wizards this is a team that you know is is ahead of us right now in the rankings um detroit uh, on paper must win must win game this this is a team that is you know below us in every single capacity you know roster talent level of play you name it 
Um, and then Cleveland, man, I, I think these these two teams here were they're they're not they're they're ready for the playoffs, man. They're already clinched for the playoffs. You know, I don't I don't see you know Donovan Mitchell putting too much effort in there. I'm I'm not sure. Have they shut him down yet? They haven't. They need to. Not that I'm aware of. No. Yeah, it might might still be too early, but you know, I, I think 35 games is is definitely achievable. And again, I said it earlier, you know, plus 10 right now. If you're if you're looking to get to that 35, you know, that's that's plus 13. You know, that's that's a massive massive improvement. So um, I, I think that the most important thing is there needs to be confidence for this team. There needs to be a level of momentum. That's why it's so important for them to come out here and try to win as many games as possible. If they did everything in their power to make it into the plan and they set the standard of, okay, where this season we hit 35 wins. What do you think is the expectations for next season? Next season, the bit, the floor is 35 wins from there. I want to see another plus 12 plus 13 wins from there. I want to, I want to see us in the mid 45s. Like I, I would get me anywhere in the mid forties at that point is it's really a battle. There's, there's expectations because even if you're a tinker right now, every single tinker that there is anybody that's out there saying, you know, I want to lose as many games as possible because I want to be in a better draft position. You're also with the same mindset that this is the last time that we're tanking and we're not even tanking. This is the last time that we're paying attention to the draft lottery, to the draft like that. Cause at that point, you know, whoever it is that you draft, you're hoping that it's just like an added, you know, an added player, an added role player. You're looking at, you know, bringing in a, a Courtney Lee type of impact. And I think that, you know, the fact that we're at that point, you know, it's, it's, it's a great feeling to have as an Orlando magic fan. But if you're looking at where we're at percentage-wise when it comes to the lottery, I'm not willing to sacrifice telling you know our rookie future NBA star face of the franchise that hey, you keep doing what you're doing, but we're going to set out this player, we're going to set out that player, we're going to start playing this player a lot more, we're going to do this so that we can force games to lose, because then you're setting a really bad precedence. And I think that us being in a position where we're telling them end of the season we're still going to play great basketball we're still going to coach like we're trying to still make the play-in and we're going to still try to improve and get better and and play better together i think long run you know is it's gonna it's gonna shed great impacts for the development of our young guys and then also for for the respect of of other people in the nba man it's it's fighting against the grizzlies who's an up-and-coming team that that you know, we're we're not no pushovers and it's a respect factor thing. So win as many games as possible, man. Don't don't lose none of it. If you can go out and and end this year undefeated, damn it, do it. That's it. hundred percent. You know what's funny? I find when people when we lose games, right? Magic fans come out of the woodworks to say, trade everyone. Coach mostly sucks. The front office can get it right. Huh? Okay. What? But then we win. What are we doing? We're we're messing up our tank, uh, our tanking. We're going to end up drafting somebody in the 10 range, 8 range. Like, what do we do? You can't win as a Magic fan base right now. Like, everybody's just so disconnected and so in two extremes. Again, so like I said earlier in the episode, we got our two guys, in my opinion, you got to build around, and that is Franz and Paolo. You got guys like Markel, Wendell, Cole Anthony that are great core players to surround them with. We're missing one, two, maybe three pieces 
that are not in our roster right now that may or players like need to take a step forward like Jalen Suggs to really make this team great. And again, you're not going to do that by drafting again in a number one pick. Now, don't get me wrong. If the Magic win the lottery, that would be hey, amazing. Take it. But but it's not realistic. Again, I don't, I don't see us winning the lottery back-to-back years. If it happens, trust me, I'll be celebrating. I'll lose my voice again celebrating. Trust me. But as of right now, man, let things play out. Let this games play out. If the team happens to win and end up in the 11th seed in the East and we end up, you know, drafting eight and 10, then so be it. But I just don't get the fans that are rooting for us to lose right now. And then those that are rooting for us to win, it's like, it's a huge disconnect. At the end of the day, what we want to see is, is this team improve, right? We wanted this team in the play-in tournament, right? We just fell a little bit short because of that 5-20 and 20 start. But other than that, man, we're playing amazing basketball since December. That's telling you, like you said a few minutes ago, that's telling you that next year, we went up by 11, 12, 13 wins this year, year over year when it comes to wins. Imagine next year, we have a healthy team all year, a better Paolo, a better Franz, a better Markel, a better Wendell, and whatever we do, whether it's two draft picks, whether it's one, whether it's a trade that we do, imagine how great this team will be next year. So to your point, let things play out. I just, there's only six games left, guys. Enjoy them because this will be a long summer. It'll be April through October. We'll miss watching this team play basketball. Root for them. Root for wins. Let things play out. In my opinion, we're not going to out-tank the Blazers. We're not going to out-tank maybe even the Pacers. Let's see what happens at this point. That's all we can do. Yeah, and and just to kind of highlight the point that you brought up earlier. Um, yeah, man, we, we don't need another number one pick. If it happens, great, amazing, but we don't need it. Like if if, if you're saying that that we have to draft a, a Victor Wimbanyama and a Scoot Henderson, then you really have like no trust in you know uh, Paulo and and Franz. Like I I believe in those two guys. I I I am perfectly confident and comfortable with those two being our cornerstone. Now it's about fitting the right type of players next to them, and you can fill the roster out with players like that in in this draft this draft in my opinion is good enough to where you can still get a very very solid player you know outside of of you know what's considered now your your top three in in school when Benyama and and now brandon miller so if the magic fall out of that i'm okay with it really because my number one guy right now is is grady dick that's the guy that i want us to draft but if we decide not to go that route, you still have players like Jay Howard, Nick Smith. You got the Thompson twins. You got Anthony Black. You know, you got uh, Cam Whitmore. Like, there's there's a lot of really, really, really good players. And it doesn't matter who you end up adding to this team. You know, it's it's going to be another weapon that the Magic have. Another another bullet in their arsenal. Like, it, it's going to be, it, it's going to make major, major impacts. The real question is going to be, if the magic pick from Chicago does convey, what are the magic going to do? And not just what the magic are going to do, what the hell should they do? Should they draft another rookie? Should they bring in two rookies to this team? Or do the magic take advantage of all the young assets that they have? What if they take that second pick? That's not our pick, man. We're, we're taking it from Chicago. It's not like we're forfeiting any of our future picks. And I don't know, do something crazy. Like go after a player like Jalen Brown, who is very unhappy in, in Boston. Or go after a player like Luca, 
who's also a very unhappy player in Dallas. Like, is it is it time for the Magic to do that? Do you believe that if this is really the last draft that the Magic have, and next season is a season to kind of start, you know, making noise in the playoffs, the Magic have a great opportunity where they have two draft picks. They also have a future Denver 2025. We own all of our draft picks. I've lost count how many second round picks we have. And from what we've seen in these drafts, like these teams love trading for three, four, five second round picks. And you have young, young assets. It would be impossible for any one of these teams that are looking to trade their star player, Jalen Brown, Luka Doncic, Damian Lillard, uh, Trey Young, all these disgruntled players. It would be almost idiotic for these teams not to look at the Orlando Magic and say, huh, I wonder what they're willing to offer for these players. Now, mind you, do I think that the Dallas Mavericks are going to end up trading Luka? No. Do I think that it would be worth trading an arm, a leg, and a couple toes for Luka? I don't know. I'm not I'm not there yet. But these are the conversations, in my opinion, may end up happening this offseason. And that's why you acquire assets. So you pile up as much as you can, young talent, draft, case, draft picks, cap space, for the same purpose. So whenever it's ready for you to maybe utilize, it's there. So to your point, we're playing all the lottery games. We're right? like, oh my God, we got to end up with the fifth best odds. Oh my God, what are we doing? At the end of the day, the front office might have already decided. We don't care where we end up. We're going to package these picks or look into possibly trading up, whatever it may be. But they have a vision, right? So you got to, if you really think that if our front office really wanted Brandon Miller, that was their guy. They're like, that guy, we, we got to have him. They've done it before, two years in a row. They tanked. They played G League guys. They shut people down when they knew, hey, it's time. They're not doing so. They got a, they got a plan, man. They, they know what they're doing. They have an agenda in place. Um, and I truly believe they're not going to bring two rookies next year, two, two top yeah, 10 picks so. into the team. I just don't see it happening. So it's one of two things. They're ready to go trade up. If that guy they really want is gone by the time that they pick. Or, to your point, there's a lot of rumblings out there about Luca, Jalen Brown, Trey Young, Damian Lillard. Do the Magic finally say it's enough waiting? We've waited since, what, 2017 for the right opportunity? It's now going to be 2023, six years, to pull the trigger and finally say enough of waiting. Let's pull the trigger and, and add talent to this team. It may happen this offseason. We don't know. We got the cap space. We got the picks. We got the young guys. We don't know. I'm not going to get ahead of myself, but if that does happen, I mean, all I'm just going to go crazy. Imagine having Paolo next year, Jalen Brown in France or something like that. It, it would be it would be nuts. And every single person on the timeline, in social media, in the arena, in life, man, you're you're going to be hyped for it. You're going to be hyped. And here, here's the thing that I want people to remember is when it comes to the Magic front office, because I've I've heard and read all the the mixed feelings. You got you got the people that are for them and the people that are not so for them. I have no idea how people are not for them. I, it still blows my mind. Like give these people like a a decade contract extension because if there's one thing about uh, Jeff Wellman and and John Hammond that has impressed me so much is that man they are in their own right they're frugal. Like they don't, they make sure that they don't overspend. Unlike 
a GM like Rob Hennigan, who gave Bismack Biombo and DJ Augustine crazy, crazy contracts, right? Every single contract that we've had has been in benefit of the Orlando Magic. And every trade that we have partaken in somehow favors us, where you're kind of like, dude, what, what were the Bulls thinking? The hell was Philadelphia 76ers thinking? Like, how did they, like, what type of, uh, uh, what type of voodoo was John Hammond and Jeff Weltman doing? Like, if I could, I would take Jeff Weltman with me to go purchase a car to make sure that I don't make a bad decision in terms of putting myself in a bad financial decision. And I work in the financial industry and I feel comfortable and confident with John Hammond and Jeff Weltman with me to negotiate because I think that their level of negotiation is insane and should be applauded. And I'm not sure why they haven't won, you know, any type of front office awards just yet. And you got people like that, that are, you know, the nerds in their own right. Like they're really savvy and smart and, and find ways to, to convince and communicate. You got people like Pat Riley that they're, they're a little more, more flashy man they're they're the type of people to put the rings on the table and like hey this is what i can offer you right we can't do that but they find a way to make things work for for them so i don't know man i i think that's the part that i'm really excited about because we've seen already a a, a really big sample size of what our front office can do and if the magic are truly trying to make big moves or big splashes in the offseason which i don't think they will but they are going to get to a point where they have to make decisions on this roster. Um, man, I'm curious to see what they end up doing. Yeah, man, it's going to be exciting. You know, it's again, no matter what happens, whether it is that we bring two rookies next year, whether we make a trade, whether we trade up, it's going to be a hell of an offseason. We've had some really fun offseasons as of recent, right? We had the Paulo Pancaro draft. We've had Franz and, and Jalen Suggs getting drafted. Even the Call Anthony draft was a fun one because we didn't know how it was going to play out. And we were cool. all happy when we ended up with, with Call Anthony. Um, but this is going to be the best one yet, in my opinion, because we know how much better this team is today and how much better it will be next year. Um, again, my only hope is, man, that we stay healthy these last six games, all of the guys that need to be healthy. Um, because if we have a full offseason of Paolo just shooting threes, Franz getting stronger, Markel's knee even better next year, I'm going to say it. J.I. coming back, hopefully somewhat healthy next year. As a bench player, not as a starter anymore in my mind. <laughs> But we got we got potential, man. We got potential to to do some good stuff this offseason. So if you're a Magic fan, man, just enjoy it, root for your team, and go from there. That's all we can do at this point. But I, I have the full trust in this front office making the right decisions. To your point, yeah, a lot to be excited for. So we'll we'll see what they end up doing. the The crazy thing is, again, I feel like this season came and and flew by already towards the end. All these questions of, of the not knowing, like we're we're gonna find out like very, very soon. This season is damn near done. So we'll 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 end up seeing. Now with the season being done, the big question that everyone wants to know is rookie of the year race. It's not even like a big what question that everyone wants to know, man. Like we we already know it's it's crazy how only us in Orlando are like sure shots, right? We're not we're not paying attention to the race because there's not a race. I'm not sure where this this you know OKC fan base. Like I always I always feel like there's there's a fan base that we end up fighting with at some point. 
Like it, it just never, it doesn't, it doesn't stop the Rockets, the Raptors. Now I feel like it's OKC because they're really passionate about Jalen Williams. Um, but yes, somehow, some way, there's there's an NBA narrative where Jalen Williams is on the cusp of catching up to or even surpassing Paolo Bank. I, I don't know, bro. I, I'm I'm just I'm just here giving you information that that I see on the internet, man. That's that's what I'm doing. Somehow, somehow, people believe that a late stretch of good basketball play is sufficient enough to surpass a whole entire season's worth of amazing basketball from Paolo Mancaro. Like, I, I don't, I don't, I don't, is there, is there even more of a short, a sure shot of Paolo Bancaro winning rookie of the year than it is now? A part of me really hopes that Vegas ends up picking up on this narrative and, and finds a way to like really believe that Jalen has a shot of beating Paolo Bancaro. So I can put like my whole entire house on it. Cause there's no way that Paolo Bancaro is going to lose rookie of the year. And if, Paulo does lose, then there, there, there's an issue, man. There, there's a, there's a, there's a problem. Like, yeah, and and the debate is statistics of efficiency and and blahs and blahs and blahs and blah. Like, I, I just, I, I don't, I don't understand, man. It, but, I, so I don't understand, but I do understand because the NBA is about narratives. Yep, like the NBA is one big male soap opera where there's nonstop drama happening all season long and it's being fueled by social media it's being fueled by you know tv is being fueled by you know conversations it's being fueled by a magnitude of different of different things and right now i feel like it's kind of silent you know outside of the frustrations from from coming out of dallas and in boston like you have the debate of Joel Embiid and and uh, Nikola Jokic, you got Jalen Brown not happy, you got Kyrie Irving not happy, you got Luca not happy, you got a whole bunch of people not happy. But let's pick on the rookie of the year and let's just say that Jalen Williams is catching up to you know Paolo Bancaro. It doesn't make sense. So I'll I'll tell you why, man. I the first time I heard of this, I was on the cruise chilling, hanging out. I hop on Twitter and I start seeing this, this topics coming up about how Paolo may not win rookie of the year. And my reaction is the same today. What race? What are we talking about here? And I think it was Bill Simmons that said it best. People had, are just taking Paolo for granted so much that they're just bored. They're like, it's not even a competition. So let's create some drama around this. Like Jalen Williams played well the last six weeks. He should be in the discussion. The same way that I said the Kessler from Utah should be in the running for a rookie of the year. Before that, it was Matherin from Indiana. Like they're trying to create a narrative, which with whoever rookie's playing the best in that moment against Paolo. But the reality is, man, none of them stack up to Paolo. Reason being, Paolo is the number one option on this team. He's the number one player in the scouting report of every team when they come to Orlando to play us or when we go visit them on their home court. Paolo is our star, our go to guy, the one that has helped us truly win plus 10 games so far this season. I'm sorry. Jalen Williams is amazing. He's not the best player in OKC. Dude, they're, they're, they're utilizing advanced statistics awesome. to be able to, to debate this. The and I will tell you what. And let me answer that question right there. Do you know why that is? Because they're also focused on guarding SGA. They're yeah. so focused on guarding all the players that... But, 
but then you have well. you have you have people that are, that are debating. Well, he's able to still be efficient and, and still produce while SGA is isn't playing. And here here's the thing that's a little frustrating. JJ Reddick is one of the people that are are fighting for Jalen Williams, where he he talks about making a case for Jalen Williams to win Rookie of the Year. My man, you played for the Magic and Duke. Like None what? That. Why? Why None are we that. pushing? Why are we pushing that narrative? He just had Paolo in his podcast. And I'm sorry, JJ. Like I love his Don't podcast. I listen to it every week. Don't go back. I, I think JJ's buying into this whole ESPN narrative. Like, hey, if we create this little top topics, I'm gonna get more views. Politics, he swore. Man. He swore he wasn't gonna become that person. But this oh. topic right here makes me 100% believe that he is falling into that. Because again, look at the stats. Just three important stats of every player that you've ever considered for any awards: points, assists, and rebounds. Paolo is better in every single one of them. 19.9 points to 14 points. Assist, 3.7 to 3.3. Rebounds, 6.8 to 4.5. Is Jalen Williams shooting it better from the field? True. Is he shooting it better from three-point range? Yeah, he is. And I'll give you all the advanced stats to him, whatever. Great. The point is, man, one is run the face of a franchise. The other one is a third, fourth option and a good night when SJ is playing. So... Again, I'm not going to even entertain the topic anymore, to be honest with you, because it's frustrating. And at the end of the day, come April 16th, whatever it is that we get the awards handed out, Paolo will be the name being called. It's as simple as that. Yeah. Dude, in OKC, I don't even think Jalen Williams has even talked about if, you know, Chad Holmgren is playing for them. You know nope. what I mean? You put Chad Holmgren on the magic, and I, I still think Paolo Bancaro outshines him. Like, I, I think that that's just the level of impact that Paolo Bancaro is. The argument that a lot of people are also having is, you know, looking past this season, Paolo Bancaro, we think we think that he's hit his ceiling already. How the hell does a 20-year-old rookie year hit his ceiling already? And that that's the thing. You're absolutely right. People are taking for granted how great of basketball he's playing. And I'm not speaking <clears throat> from a biased standpoint. I'm speaking from the fact, like, this dude is playing great. I'm I'm almost at the point where I'm I I feel confident in saying, and this might be a hot take. Victor Wimbanyama comes out. I don't think he has a better season than Paolo Bancaro. I agree with you. I don't. I honestly I, I, I can't I can't. Maybe later on, maybe two, three, five, seven years later on. But right now, after the rookie year, like there's just there's just no way. And I don't know. I, I don't I don't understand. Why and and people are utilizing well okay see they're you know they're in the playoff so the magic aren't but dude that's not that's not enough man that's not that's not it's not rookie it's not rookie of the best team of the year it's it's rookie of the year man it's an individual award based on individual performance and the individual that deserves it is Paulo Bancaro point it's blank so simple period. as that so simple as that like I said a great season by Jalen Williams fan of his game. I like what he's doing in OKC, but to say that he is better or had a better season than Paolo, when we're talking about October through April, not talking about February through March, the whole season, you can't even begin to compare it. Like I said, the stats speak for themselves. He's a little more efficient. Congratulations. Enjoy those statistics. (laughs) When it comes to actually playing basketball and being a better player one-on-one, he's not better than Paolo. It's as simple as that. No, there's, there's, there's no way. And plus, man, they, they Paulo got like A1 marketing right now. Like, 
the Huevos Banquero is amazing marketing. If you haven't seen, man, my my guy guys his own PE with Jason Tatum. Jason Tatum's signature signature shoe that he has out right now with Jordan, and they're called Huevos Banqueros. And the Magic is already marketing T-shirts for it that I somehow need to find a way to get my hands on it. Yes, I need to get my hands on the shoes. Like a one marketing, and we we're not we're not we're not touching any of that because what other is there any other rookie that that got that much hype in terms of of marketing commercials? Season one is from from this from this season. Oh, from this season? No, hell no. From this no. season, not even. No, no, no. It's crazy. No, it's crazy. But Jabari Smith? No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Jabari Smith. Hey man, <laughs> your your boy hit a game winner the other day. It was, yeah. it, was a nice, yeah. it was a nice game winner. Yeah. I still have faith in him and Jalen Green eventually becoming good. Yeah, I'm, but I'm honestly surprised that you're not a Rockets fan at this point because Jalen Green and Jabari Smith, you just you you root for these players that end up getting drafted by the Rockets. I like Brendan Miller coming in the draft. He's going to end up oh, in Houston. Watch. watch. Guaranteed. Guaranteed he's being drafted by the Rockets. Brandon Miller. <laughs> Guaranteed that's happening. 100%. Whoever it is that you want ends up getting drafted by the Rockets. <laughs> <laughs> uh, man, what, what are some other news? Uh, RJ Hampton. He he admitted that he has a burner account. Because I, I can't remember the exact quote. But... You know who if no one's who if no one else is going to stand up for him, then who else is going to do it but him, right? So, those of y'all that have talked smack about R.J. Hampton, if you ever had a moment where someone that had stood <laughs> up for R.J. Hampton when nobody else did, there's a nine out of ten chance that it was R.J. You know who has a burner account? I think I know who it is. Uh, Mo Bamba. There's this one guy on Twitter. I can't think of the handle right now. You cannot mention the name Mo Bamba without calling you a hater, calling you. Mobama's the best thing ever. We made a mistake. He's better than Wendell. Hasn't stopped. He's been traded now. Still going. I posted a tweet around. It's go, I think Goga's better than Mobamba or something like that. And this dude still replies to that and saying, "Oh, you're a hater." So Mobamba, <laughs> I'm on to you. <laughs> but honestly, let's let's be real, man. If if I'm if I'm an NBA player, I would I would have a burner too, and oh, yeah. I would respond to everybody. Oh yeah, it's the most it's the most human nature thing to do. I mean, KD's got one, so KD's that tells you everything. Yeah, yeah. If he's got one, everyone else got one. There, there's, there's no way. Even, even yeah. those those NBA players that they don't have any social media, like nothing. Yeah, right. You're in there. They got it. Yeah. I mean, we we who who was it? Uh, I think I think Stanley and and Bryce were talking about it the other day on the spaces that they believe that there was a burner in the spaces at one point. <laughs> so, you know reminder to either care about being careful with what you say or don't care at all. And it is what it is. Yeah. I mean, they say just social media, man, people just, they're, they're always looking they care about, it wasn't a staff too. They used to say that back when he was younger, he would go on halftime. Okay. Like Twitter, people are saying about him. So again, if KD is doing it, if Steph's doing it, Charlie Villanueva used to do it back in the days when Twitter first started coming out, it becoming a thing. They all do it, man. Like it's, it's common social sense. Media, man. It, it's common sense. I mean, we we all do it as human beings that we are. We care about our, what our fans say about our podcast, our stuff that we put out. Imagine the player, man. That they they know. So, do you, do you have a burner? I don't believe it or not. I, I have mine, and I have the podcast or the, the HQ now that, that we have on Twitter. That's it, bro. Like I've never had one, but if I was to that level, like I was an NBA player, I would have one. Why not? 
Yeah, I don't I don't have a burner, but there there is yeah, you do. No, 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 I don't have one. But there <laughs> is uh, uh someone else on our YouTube that his name yes. is also Anthony, Anthony Velez, which is my name. And he comments every one every now and then. I'm just kind of like, "What? Did that did, did, is someone pranking me? Am I getting punked?" <laughs> I've seen that um, too, and I'm like, it's like you look, but it's a different like, no, picture. Like, <laughs> no, it's not. It's not. It's not me. <laughs> be care. Be careful where else you post, man, because people might think it's me. <laughs> we don't. We don't want that type of problem. Now, um, so the the cool thing about R.J. Hampton, man, is that he he is he is brutally honest, and and he doesn't care. And I think that that's the the one genuine thing that you love. You end up loving about a player. He was recently on you know the podcast that he has with with Fubu TV. Fubu, Fobo, Fuba, Fubo. I think it's Fubo. Fubu. It's not Fubu. It's yeah, that. Fubu. Something <laughs> like that, man. Um, <laughs> and he had some of the guests from the Orlando Magic. He's had Cole Anthony. He's had Paolo Mancaro. Recently, he had Wendell Carter Jr. One of the things that they discussed was who was the biggest trash talker on the team. And surprisingly, not surprising, it was Mo Wagner which I couldn't agree more. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and one of the things that they talked about is Mo Wagner is a type of player that you hate on the opposite team, but you love the fact that he plays for your team. Mm-hmm. And as, as, as a fan perspective, I couldn't agree with that more just because some of the things that he does is kind of like <laughs> crazy shenanigans, man. Like from, from, you know, Detroit and, and whatever happened there to, you know, going at it with Luka Doncic to, you know, getting hit in the nuts by Al Hortford. You know, he just has his way of getting under people's skin, and I absolutely love it. It's like almost Pat Beverly annoying, but not mm-hmm. not at that level just yet. And if he was on the opposite team, I would hate Mo Wagner. Oh, yeah. I would, I would, I would absolutely dislike him as a player, 100%. And the fact that he plays for us, man, I I hope that he's with the Orlando Magic for a really, really long time. Because if there's one thing that you really can't teach is you you can't teach the the dog aspect. And I I feel like Mo Wagner, he has that type of swagger. Like he doesn't. And and what's crazy is that Mo and Franz are like complete opposites when it when it comes to that. I, I can't I can't really think of a moment where Mo Wagner has got into anything and like Franz was like there to kind of back him up and no and the throw blows also, which is which is fine, man. That's that's the that's a golden boy. You make sure you protect him at all costs. But man, ima- imagine if Franz had that type of attitude, that type of swagger. But it's funny, I, I feel like I've seen him more this year lately, especially. He he's letting it out sometimes, a big dunk or a big N one. He lets it out here and there. He's not a trash choker, I think, but he's getting into it with refs a little more now. It, it's kind of starting to come out. They're just very different, but the fire that he plays with, it's just a silent, kind of quiet demeanor. But it does come out once in a while, and you'll have to see it because I'm dangerous. like, oh, there we go. There's that German side of him coming out. <laughs> still, still dangerous, man, for sure. Oh, yeah. All right. So Luca, we talked to we touched base a little bit on the rumors about Luca. Uh Jalen Brown, we we touched base on that. Between the two players, who who would be that one player that you feel would would fit best with the Magic? And and would it be worth the haul that the Orlando that the Orlando Magic would have to give up? So thinking of how much the player would cost, I think that if I was the GM, I would go after Jalen Brown better. 
I think that he fits better with the Magic are doing. Uh, I love Luca, but he is very ball dominant. So all of a sudden now, Paolo's going to have the ball a lot less. France, maybe if he stays on the team, he's going to have the ball a lot less. I think Jalen Brown is a more natural fit to what we're doing. Also, I believe, maybe I'm wrong, it's going to cost a lot less. I think you throw a bunch of picks, you throw a, a big salary like Gary Harris, plus a maybe Jalen's, uh, Jalen Suggs, maybe a, I don't even know, I don't know what it would cost. But at the end of the day, it'll be less than Luka for sure. Um, so for that reason, I think Jalen Brown is, is worth looking at more than Luka on a realistic level. It's more realistic for us to acquire him. And again, I think he can be more of a fit and piece in our team more than Luka would. Although Luka is generational, he is an incredible talent. To your point, I don't think the Mavericks are going to trade him. And if they do, you're going to have to give up all of it. All the picks you own, all the young talent you think you have. That may be Franz or Paolo in that deal some way, somehow. Because why would they trade an MVP candidate age 22 for anything less than that? So for that reason, in my opinion, go after Jalen Brown if you can. Maybe even Lillard. If he's available, that may be a guy that may be interesting to see if you can take him out of Portland. But again, Luca would be way too much, in my opinion. What about you? <clears throat> yeah, I mean, the, the difference between them is that you really can't see Jalen Brown as, as an MVP caliber mm -hmm. type of player, right? He reminds me of uh, uh, of maybe a career trajectory of like a like a Jimmy Butler. Like someone that is going to be a, a great player may not always get all star you know nominations every year, but you know that he's going to be able to lead the team. Mm -hmm. Um, I personally would not trade for Jalen Brown just because he is, um, af after next season, he'll be an unrestricted free agent, mm -hmm. so you really don't know where you're going to end up getting there unless it's a, a sign and trade, which I don't see happening. Um, I, I think, I man, I, I think Boston ends up somehow figuring out like how how do you how do you even you know I, I know that there's been the the some of the biggest issues from Boston is the fact that I guess Jason Tatum was trying to lobby um you know getting Kevin Durant in Boston is kind of like well to get Kevin Durant who else are you really going to give up yep like Marcus Smart isn't going to get you there mm -mm. like you you know it has to be Jalen Brown so it, there's there's already friction. Um, there's already a lot of talks about, you know, how players don't feel like you know Boston is is the best place for them with you know the the racism that that they experience there and whatnot. Yeah. Um. But nah, man, just just wait it out. And I think that I I really hope that the Magic, if I if I'm being honest, I'm okay with the Magic not swinging big, like in a trade aspect where they have to give up a majority of their team. Yep. I think that the team has a great, great nucleus. I think that they love playing with one another. Uh, I think that that will impact like their relationship. The fact that they are getting better every year, um, you know, adds to that. Um, I know that you know the Magic will have to make decisions, but a big, major one. Ah, man, I, I hope I hope that you know the Magic just go the free agency route and and try to convince players to to play in Orlando and I and I think that the Magic have you know the capability to to be heavy hitters in in free agency but to me there there's no you know there, there's no reason to you know, if if you really want Luca then you hold out another what four or five years when his contract is up to to try to convince him and maybe we still have you know Jamal Mosley maybe we don't depending on you know how that ends up playing out but 
nah, man, don't don't trade don't trade for neither one of them. Play it out. Let your guys develop free agency draft. And I think the Magic will be in a good position that way. So what I'm gathering is you're saying don't go after Luca, don't go after Jalen Brown, go after Freblin Flee in free agency. Gotcha. <laughs> I did not. Gotcha. I did not say that, bro. I did not. I did not say that. You you didn't hear what I said earlier in the beginning of the podcast, Markel, Co Anthony. Nah, I'm I'm, yep. I'm good. I'm good with Fred. No. The only reason why I would entertain Jalen Brown too is you're weakening the Celtics, and that's one of the top teams in the East. So ideally, we're gonna leapfrog a bunch of teams next season. Celtics come down a little bit. Now you're competing with them a little more. That's the only thing. Dallas in the West doesn't impact what we're doing in the in the East side. Uh, but we'll see. We'll see what happens to your point. I don't think it's time for us yet. But something you said to, to us in the chat the other day was, would you want to see the Magic being mentioned in this trade rumors? You want to see the Magic getting maybe a meeting with a Luca oh, or Jalen Brown? 100%, 100%. For sure. You may not get them, but at least get in that room and say, hey, this is why you should come to us. And hey, see what happens at that point. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not saying don't try and trade for them. I just don't think that you need to give up the whole farm for them. Agree. But if somehow the the Jeff Wellman is able to do his his black magic and and somehow able to get a steal, then by by all means, make make it happen. But that that's that's the hard part is man, you fall you fall in love with these players, man. Like you know, imagine a, a team now where you don't have Wendell, you don't have Jalen Suggs, you don't have Cole Anthony because you gave up a large portion. To get a player that you know isn't isn't necessarily loyal to the Orlando Magic, they weren't they weren't bred by the Magic, you know. So I don't know. It's it's a tough decision, um, but don't give up the whole farm for it. It's the way that I see it. I agree. Um, and then the Magic man, they ended up you know signing a two way contract with Jay Scrub for the next two years. Jay Scrub is your guy. This is someone that you've been saying from the very very beginning that you wish that the Magic you know, would, would sign him to a two-way. How happy are you about Jay Scrub? I mean, he's a scorer, right? And I think that's my thing. If you're going to sign people to two-way contracts, I just need them to score the ball. I don't want it to be a rebounder. I don't want it to be a guy that can just... Get buckets. Just give me a guy that can score. So if that way, if Jalen Sucks gets hurt, whoever it is, and you got to play them, they can score 10 points. It reminds me a little bit of uh, my other guy that I used to love a lot. What's his name? Johnson? Uh, BJ Johnson. Dude came in LA that time and, and we won that crazy game. Markel had a triple double. Dude had like 12 points Classic. in like 15 minutes. That's what we need. A guy to get called up once in a blue moon and give us eight, 10, 12 points when we need him. So I think Jace Krub has the potential. He played for the Clippers most of last year. So he was in the NBA. So he's got talent. Uh, he's averaging 22.8, five rebounds, two assists in the G League right now, six, five, shooting guard. I think he fits the mold. Um, only thing that's interesting to me is Kevin Harris, Jace Krupp, same position, same height. You can you may have to decide who you want to keep between the two of them. Uh, Jace Krupp signed a two-way contract for two years, which is interesting. So that would mean that he would be on the contract for next year. So keep an eye on that as to who we decide to keep between Kevin Harris and Jace Krupp. Uh, but I do I do like the signing. How about you? Um, I'm I'm indifferent. Uh, I'm at the point where. I mean, where are we really going to see? Like, I expect to to see him and a and a few others that haven't had some playing time play towards the end of the season. Just mm-hmm. that's just how the NBA is, you know. Offensively, we know that that's that's where his um where their strength is. But if you're telling me to choose between him and Kevon Harris, I'm going Kevon, man. Kevon's a a dog, and I love everything that he brings. So 
I don't know, man. It's a it's a two way. I I've always said that I've never really liked the way that we utilize our two ways. I feel like mm-hmm. our two way should be more utilized to to really like to really develop players, man. Like really, really develop. Like we did that. Um, I felt like we were going in that direction with um, what's his name? Mane. What's his name? Mane. Yeah. First name. Karim. Karim Mane. Like I felt yep. like that's what the magic were were trying to do. Um. But that that was that was short lived. But I really like I really like Kevon Harris, and I and I think that you know if the Magic were more of a sure shot playing team or playing playoff team, then yeah, you want to be able to have those players that are in, able to impact right away. But I think that you know the development piece is is what I think the two way players should be utilized for. I agree. I think the issue with Monet was when we signed him, we were a playoff team. So we we didn't really need him. It was more like develop, go to Lakeland, do your thing. But then Markel got hurt. Then all the trades happened. Yeah. We were like, all right, all of a sudden we shifted what our need was. I think if next year we're a great team again, we we have really playoff hopes. You may see us picking up some random young guy that we're like, all right, they may have some potential that we can put him in Lakeland for a year, see what they got. But uh, right now we're developing people, so we need everyone that, that gets signed to try to contribute and get minutes to see what we got in them. Yeah, man. Six games left. Tonight against Washington, Sunday Detroit, Tuesday Cleveland, Thursday Cleveland. This close is out strong, man. We try to win as many games as possible. I'm expecting for us to still compete, compete, compete. We'll see how this season ends up being. Um, by the time we record our next episode, um, man, there'll only be, what, two games after that? Games left. And that's it. That's it. On that note, man, I appreciate you guys for listening. Uh, make sure to, ch- to check out the article that we have on OrlandoMagicHQ.com. Again, Lou did an amazing, amazing job interviewing MCW. Those of you that would like to be a part of a show, um, man, our guys Bryce and, and Stanley, they do an amazing job with our spaces. That spaces occurs after every single game. They do a great job being consistent with it, and we have a really, really great community out there. You do not need to have a Twitter to join these Twitter spaces. They're also recorded. So you're able to get more if you're if you're looking for more episodes and just one you want to hear more of, you know, the post game, uh, what what people are saying, if they're feeling the same way that you're feeling, man, these spaces are amazing and great for make sure you check that out and on that note, man, it's a wrap. Appreciate you guys for listening. We will catch you all next week. For all the latest magic news and updates, visit OrlandoMagicHQ.com and follow us on Instagram at OrlandoMagicHQ and on Twitter at OMagicHQ. Also, remember to subscribe to our YouTube channel and subscribe and leave a five-star review on your favorite listening platform.